Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot these days. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go. What's going on, you guys? Happy Friday. Happy hour. Welcome back to Just Go With It. Ashley and I just spent an entire hour just catching up. And so sad we didn't record most of that because that was really funny. You are the joy of my life, a la Chris Stapleton. I oh We both were feeling down and out, and I feel just marginally better after talking for an hour. I love putting on my showgirl voice. Like the second the cameras are rolling, the second the, second the mic is on, I'm like, let's do it. Uh, you being inseparable on reality TV. Correct. So let's talk about the fun stuff first. How was your Halloween weekend? It was fun. I was in the great city of Asheville, North Carolina. It was my first time in North Carolina. First and last or first of many? First of many. I had the most pleasant time. It was very much like a Hallmark town and it was during fall, which is peak tourist season there because it's so pretty with all the trees and it looks like every Halloween movie you've ever watched. Like such a quaint little neighborhood. Um, Just absolutely stunning we had good weather drove up the blue ridge parkway did a few little hikes it was did you listen so to nice to get out of the city i'm such a city girl such a city rat these days um did you listen to a lot of john denver i did i listened to john denver on repeat driving up i actually made an entire playlist of like fall vibes that are like just to really set the tone to feel like you're in a movie because if you're not doing that you're not doing life right Back when you had that cat named Goose, we should have actually named him John Denver, and we could have called him JD for short. (laughs) Stop. That's so cute. Next time I get a cat off Craigslist, I'm doing that. (laughs) Next time anyone gets a free pet, um, go ahead and do that instead. Well, that sounds really lovely. Um, Oh, were there lots of young people out at the bars, I was going to say, and did they recognize your costume? The Princess Diaries. Yes. So... I thought that I was kind of a basic bitch this year. I went as Mia Thermopolis, the Princess Diaries cover. I'm not sure if that blew up on TikTok. Oh, or it was this the year. yeah the the thing of the year. I saw it was several the thing of the year, and I saw so many TikToks of people dressed in my same costume. So I kind of was sad because you know I like to be unique ish. And but for some reason in Asheville, North Carolina, I think they all live under a rock because everyone is worshiping the ground I walked on, which There's I no clearly ate in up. Asheville. <laughs> they were like, oh my God, I've never seen somebody do this before. It's my favorite movie. I like, I've always like, I love it so much. Like you must've literally invented it. That's how people acted. Like I invented the costume and I was like, you guys, like everyone's being Mia Thermopolis. Like, haven't you heard? So I 100% thought everyone this year was going to be Top Gun. I thought every woman out there was going to be dressed as Top Gun. But no, Mia Thermopolis took the cake. And then everyone else was also the Austin Powers girls. That was the other TikTok that I saw. Or not TikTok costume. I saw literally everywhere roaming the streets. I saw so many creative outfits. And I don't know if it's just because of the rise of TikTok with all of our creative ideas happening everywhere. But I got so many different costume ideas. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. People really went all out this year, I feel like. I think that next year we should be – I'm getting this from a TikTok I saw. But we should be the geese that were attacking the piece of bread. (laughs) People are so funny. I think next year I'm going to do a funny costume. Screw being a hot girl. Yeah, hot girls um, finish last. Funny girls, those are the ones that finish first. 
Funny girls always finish first. Um, yeah. Also, something about Asheville that I'd like to unburden myself with is the fact that there's like literally no Uber. And we were at this one bar. It was like pretty much only breweries in Asheville, but we went to the one bar that was more of like a bar club kind of vibe, like exactly what I wanted. And everyone was decked out in costumes, all dressed up. This was Saturday night. And we were looking for a Lyft or an Uber to go home because we're like, okay, we're tired. Like, let's call it a night. Mm -hmm. And there was not a single car in sight. And we were like, oh, my God, like, what do we do? We had to download some local Ashevillian app, which was like a ride share type of thing. Like the Halloween town taxi. 45 minutes for a car to come. And this was all while a random drag show was taking (laughs) place inside of the bar. It was like a full on drag. We had a dance floor. Everyone stood aside in like a half circle. Music was playing, costume changes, different queens coming in and out. I was like, what on earth is happening right now? And like all all we were trying to do was get a freaking car. That sounds like another simulation if you ask me. It was hilarious, especially because Miller was like so not into the drag of it all. And he was like, can we leave? And I was like, (laughs) we're trying. (laughs) Well, that sounds wonderful. I'm glad that you got to experience North Carolina and it's all in all its glory. And here's to many more trips. Many more trips down the Blue Ridge Parkway. So pretty. I can't wait for us all to take a trip there one day. How was your Halloween weekend? It was very fulfilling. And how am I supposed to have an empty weekend after that? Um, And tell everyone what you were. Oh, yeah. Lackluster on the costume, fulfilling on the plans. Um, I So Friday night we went out for my best or our best friend's birthday. And when I texted her, I was like, oh, because we just went to an area that's more like well, the first bar we went to, all the people there were like 20. And and then the second bar we went into was more – it had red lights inside and it was a dive bar with like Christmas lights and it was decorated for Halloween. <laughs> and the people there were like 25 to 40 and we were like, okay, this makes more sense. But it was still it was fun music and all that. So I had texted my friend. I was like, oh, are we doing costumes tonight or what's the deal? And she was like, honestly – People probably won't be that dressed up. Just bring your One Tree Hill jersey and that should be sufficient. So that's all I did Friday night. Saturday, I thought, okay, I'm going to go home early or on Saturday, have all day to get together a costume for this party, and that'll be great. And Saturday, I wake up and I was like, you know what? It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I didn't get home until it was dark outside (laughs) from San Diego. And... So that gave me like three hours to get ready to go to this other party. And two of those hours involved because I'm an old man now. I reclined. I didn't lay down. I reclined on the couch and I closed my eyes. <laughs> That's your first mistake. You can never do that. Ashley. No. This time, if I had only had 30 minutes to do that, I would have been okay. Two hours, walk in the park. It rejuvenated me to no end. But my point is I didn't leave much leeway for a costume. So if we remember – So what on earth did you do? I would have panicked. If we remember in How I Met Your Mother, how – He's the same costume like every year. Did, I've did never watch watched the show. Okay. Well, I was just a flight attendant, which I did that one last year as a cop out, and it's turned into my new cop out costume. You just wear a white. That's t-shirt. kind of funny. You should just be the flight attendant. No, every I year know. From now so on. I kind of thought, you know what? There's something to this. All you have to do is wear a short black skirt and a low unbuttoned white top that you can tie up, and a scarf around your neck, and you carry some airplane shooters in your pocket, and you're good to go. And I think that. What might- about the little hat thing? I wore it last year. This year I like brought it in my purse, but I didn't put it on. I like wore it for like a second. And then I was like, eh, I'm getting tired of this. Um, oh, and then the pin. And I think that might be something I do one day of Halloween every year until I die. <laughs> That's actually really funny if I you know. like make that your like signature bit. thing. Yeah. Uh, but the party, I went to a party one of my friends had. And uh, he's a boy and he decorated so over the top. And he even made these like 
uh, this cocktail that he carved a pumpkin or he hollowed out a pumpkin and served it out of there. And he had dry eyes and he decorated so much for Halloween. It was so over the top. He did a really excellent job. That's so it was sweet really and nice, sweet and especially for a boy to go. And he was over. with another boy. The two boys went to Party City together <laughs> and did this. Aw, cute. And then Sunday was really fulfilling, actually. I'm not done yet. Um, <laughs> episode will be done by the time I'm done talking. Sunday was really wonderful. I went with my parents to this area Um, that's like an hour and change from here that feels so much like fall. It was in like the low 60s, high 50s, and there's all of these vineyards and apple orchards, and it's really pleasant. and the leaves change color and it was a wonderful day oh was it a core memory um i've gone many times so not a core but it was it was good <laughs> that's so cute i would give anything to hang out with lisa <laughs> i thought you were gonna say with your parents <laughs> instead of mine i was supposed to go the weekend before with friends but we didn't end up going so i did i told my parents i was the one who forced them i said listen i'm going before halloween i don't care if i go alone on sunday if you guys want to come with me i'm going with or without you <laughs> And good thing you did because now it is somehow already November, which is nuts. So that brings us to our next biggest issue is are we celebrating Christmas now or are we waiting? You know, people have drawn such lines in the sand about this. And I've washed my hands of the whole thing. I don't give a shit when you celebrate Christmas. Just don't shove it in my face and make it my problem. Don't you dare tell me Merry Christmas before (laughs) Today November twentieth, I went to go get a snack from the kitchen, and they were blasting Christmas music. I don't like I, that. Something about that really rubbed me the wrong way, and I was like, "Why am I feeling so strongly about You're this?" You're like Luther Crank in Christmas with the Cranks, <laughs> going around and snatching the stuff down. Literally, is November third. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this to ourselves? And why can't we just like leave some leeway for Thanksgiving? Why does everyone hate Thanksgiving so much? I'm a big fall girl, and I feel like it's appropriate to start watching some Christmas movies maybe around November, like the week of Thanksgiving. So whenever that is, the 18th, November 20th, something along the lines of that. However, one of my friends has never seen The Family Stone, and she was like, wait, can we watch it now that Halloween is over? And I said, well, it's a Christmas movie, but we can, I guess, watch it now, but we'll have to watch it again in December. (laughs) Because double feature now is not the appropriate time. The appropriate time for now is Little Women, One True Thing, um... Dan in Real Life. That's a good one. Dan in Real Life. <laughs> Do you know that movie? Is that with Steve Carell? Yeah. So you're talking about comparing Little Women to Dan in Real Life as fall vibey movies. Oh my gosh, Dan in Real Life is about Thanksgiving. Oh. Oh, it's about he goes home for the holidays with his daughters. What's the one where his face is laying on some pancakes? Dan in Real Life. Okay. <laughs> this is the most the podcast has ever said Dan in real life in the past 10 years. <laughs> um, and there's also like the episodes of Gilmore Girls and Gossip Girl that involve Thanksgiving that are appropriate to watch now. Um, you still want to be listening to Red, not not um, Christmas stuff yet. I'm just saying there's a lot to be had. Friendsgiving, do people celebrate that still? I do. I'm over the top about it. I'm going it. to a Friendsgiving next weekend. Okay. What with what's the deal? Are you bringing something? Are you dressing up or dressing down? Um. So but people were making jokes about dressing like pilgrims, but I don't really think everyone's actually. Doing you that. show up <laughs> with a dead <laughs> turkey slung over your shoulder. Tells me that it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. The buckles. It's all a big prank against you. Yeah, but no, it's just like a normal potluck. Like everyone's bringing something so what are you different. Bringing? 
I quickly threw my hands in the air and said, the I'll sodas, bring the drinks. The wine. Yeah. Yeah. Because Easy, I'm not so. good at cooking or baking and I, I was going to buy some store-bought dessert, but like who the hell wants that? No one. No one. So I will be alcohol. bringing the wine, the cider. I can make like a spiked cider that could be fun and flirty. And then of course some DC. Oh, I have something to tip everyone off on. If you can get your hands on some real apple cider, like I did on Sunday, you know how I have an affinity for root beer floats? An apple cider. If you can cider, get your grubby paws on some apple an cider. apple cider, real apple cider, float, just some vanilla ice cream in it. Superb. That there is good. nothing better. The Christmas really- uh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. That reminds me, I haven't been to Jenny's in a while and I like need to go. I actually went on um, this weekend and I said, down with Jenny's, how dare they charge $7 for this? Because there are it's other so expensive. salt and straws that much and there are much bigger scoops. There's a place called Rory's over in Santa Monica I'm obsessed with. Huge scoops for $7. Huge. <laughs> um, Nobody said their portions were too big, that's for sure. <laughs> Nobody ever accused Jenny's of having a generous hand. Um, but... I'm so excited for Friendsgiving. I love it. We do it, though, around Thanksgiving because we do it with, like, high school friends and everyone is, like, in town for sure around that time. So cutesy. Yeah. That's all we had to say for this episode. (laughs) And that's it. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. No, Ashley, very much like a school teacher, told me she's going to give me some lessons about life and love today. And there's nothing more I love than having a friendship where I can be taught something and I can learn. So Ashley, tell us all what we're going to learn today because I think it's really pertinent. Yes. One of my favorite places in the world is on my soapbox. I just read a book that um, I was having a devil of a time finding because it's so popular right now. My audience of one is yawning. I'm not yawning because of you. I've just had a really long day. Yeah, there's been tears shed and laughter had. The scope of the human emotion is just what? like most days, really <laughs> a like mixed mixed bag of it all. And that book is Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Elderton. It's currently a TV show, I think on Peacock. Don't quote me on what streaming service. And it's been gaining a lot of traction on TikToks. So it was sold out quite literally everywhere. And I found it in a independent bookstore, which is where people find all good things. And we love um, supporting local. So let me tell you a little bit what it's about. First of all, Dolly Elderton is a – the whole book takes place in London. So she is Cute. a 30-something. Oh, don't, it's almost time for us to read one day in December. Oh, God, I can't wait. <laughs> she is a British journalist, dating column, writer, podcast host. She's like the Carrie Bradshaw of London in my opinion. Um, And she's currently like maybe 34 or 35. And this entire book chronicles the age of her being a late teenager, like college age, up until the day she turns wildly funny, occasionally heartbreaking. It's about growing up, growing older, and learning to navigate friendships, jobs, loss, and romance along the way. Kind of like this podcast. Yeah, except she does it really eloquently. (laughs) Except we're just a bunch of schmucks talking about our lives. (laughs) She was actually a semi-schmuck before she published this. (laughs) That should be in my Instagram bio, semi-schmuck. Yeah, that's good. Dinner for dinner for semi-schmucks. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and I think I found this book most effective if you're the ages of 22 to 27. So I told Abby the clock is ticking and to go and buy it immediately. So if you're not 22 to 27, keep scrolling. And if you're in the mood to maybe uh, tear up a little bit like Abby has been lately, another point for this book, I teared up at some parts. Um and I think it's effective not looking for advice. It's definitely not the defining decade. It is so far from the defining decade. It's like the defining decade's flirty sister. 
Um, <laughs> I like that description. <laughs> you should not go to it for advice, but go to it for someone to relate to and for just general musings on your 20s, specifically friendship, um, career stuff, moving, all of that good stuff, and some dating as well, a sprinkling of dating. So if you don't have a friend and you don't have a career, keep scrolling. <laughs> If you can't, I actually do think if you don't, I was reading some reviews online and if you maybe are not someone who's nostalgic in general, specifically about friendship, then you won't relate to this as much. Interesting. Okay. So if you're not nostalgic, keep scrolling. If you're not nostalgic, keep scrolling. That's a good, that's a good title for this episode. So before I get into my 10 lessons, which is where I will say one sentence and some musings and then you'll respond back before I get into that, what is something that you feel like you know about love? Something I feel like I know about love. What a yeah, like doll, grandiose, the title of the book. vague question. The title of the book is Everything I Know About Love. Oh, this might help you. On the front, it has crossed out um, everything I know about parties, dates, friends, jobs, and life. And she has that all crossed out. And the last word is love. Do you want to see? Oh, cute. If that Do you want to see? I wish the listeners could see. Uh, Google it. Something I know about love is... It can be everywhere if you're looking for it. Love is actually all around. You and know it's what? It's time to watch that movie too. If someone told me, "Do you want to bet five hundred bucks on what Abby's answer is going to be?" I would have bet that. <laughs> I really? Was make a joke before you started talking that you were going to make say love actually is all around. Love actually is all around. You just have to be looking for it um, and open to it. You have to have an open heart. Open heart posture. Some may say. Some Blake Johnson might say. <laughs> Um, okay, so our first lesson that we can learn from Dolly Elderton, because like I said, this book is chock full of them, um, is that we should relish in the freedom of being an adult and getting to do something just for the sake of being able to do something. For example, there was a period of time in her when she was around our age, like 22, 23, 24, where she was going out like crazy. And she used to say that she would get this overwhelming sense on a weekend, kind of like how I do. I saw my, a lot of myself in Dolly, where it's like I, I'm i not like going out to do something outrageously fun on a Saturday night. I only have so many Saturday nights left. Like what's going to mm-hmm. happen when I run out of Saturday nights of my 20s? I think that's called FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but even if she said she didn't have friends or like all her friends were like, no, like I'm not going to go out tonight. She still felt this overwhelming sense of I only have so many Saturday nights in my 20s to go out. And so she would relish sometimes she would go alone on a Tuesday to just like a bar to like get a drink and see who she could meet there. Not in a weird way, in a casual way, because she said she had waited all her life to be a grown up. And now that she was Aww. here, she wasn't going to waste it. That's precious. Maybe I should start going places alone. I think that you should start going to. Um, yeah. I have no answers for you. Go to some dive bars, see if I meet a musician who's down on his luck. <laughs> hawking, hawking peanut shells in the corner. <laughs> I had the time of my life going to some bars alone when um, you were at the gym when I was in Nashville. <laughs> That's like so us. I'm at the gym and you're at the bars alone. <laughs> I had a beer and I listened to some good music and I like really relished it. Good. Okay. This one, part two from Dolly. The sky is a limit to be a desirable woman. And so you should be really careful with that. What I mean is that you could always be thinner. You can always be prettier. You can always like try harder in X, Y, and Z ways. You can try harder to make this boy like you. You can always work out more. That's a big one was you can, in her, for her is that you can always be thinner. Like where do you draw the line with all of these? I can always be a you know, better version of myself, but in like you know, the worst ways. 
So the whole point is to like find a place that you're comfortable and try to feel contentment. Yes. That's hard. (laughs) That's easier said than done. She actually had a whole chapter that I think could resonate with some people a lot, which is that she had like an eating disorder during a certain phase in her life because she was, she's six feet tall. You can Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> she's six feet tall. And she's like, I was never heavy. She's like, but I was never a stick. She's like, so I figured, well, I'm just thinner than I used to be. Like, I'm not, I don't have any disorder. Like, it's not out of control yet. And it just got worse and worse where she's like, well, I can just be a little bit thinner. It's crazy how people treat me so much better. And when the thinner I am. And so she had a whole chapter on that and how actually one of her boyfriends was the one who talked her out of that. It's so sad and weird and true, the skinny privilege thing, just like pretty privilege. It's yeah. so weird. And it's just like a societal way that like we operate and it's subconscious and it's just like how it goes. Every time we say Dolly, I think of Dolly Parton. Really? Because this is a new Dolly in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new Dolly, but like there's only room for one Dolly in mine and it's Mrs. Parton. I actually was reading about her later and her name isn't even Dolly, but when she was a little girl in elementary school, she told everyone she wanted to be called that instead. And really what's her name I don't remember you have to look it up three this is something that I don't feel like I have trouble with yet but maybe I will one day um and I'll rue that day and it's that uh she said the older you get hold on hold on hold on you'll rue this day Carly Shay you'll rue it (laughs) I just I had to get that off my chest The older you get, the larger the gap grows between who you are when you're drunk on a Saturday night and who you are when you're hungover on a Sunday. And she's saying, I mean, if you're someone who gets anxiety after drinking the morning after, just that impending, you know, doom that you did or said something wrong. Um, And her take on it is that the older you grow up, you become more self-aware. And the more self-aware you are, you're obviously more self-aware of how you behave the night before. So what I got from that is ignorance is bliss. <laughs> it's fine if you just don't know what you did and you don't think about it. Yeah, but I think that like, do you still you still like a good night out? You're you're as good as you once was, aren't you? I mean, yeah, it's pretty infrequent, but when I do go all out, I go all out. Um, and you don't get anxiety the next day. Honestly, no. I think that's only happened to me once. I'm pretty lucky. I went through a short phase where it was happening and then and I would nick that in the but You know what it is? It's probably because I have such crippling anxiety the rest of my days that the one time that I drink, that's like my respite. That's the time that I don't have to have anxiety is because I already have anxiety all the other days of the week. Lesson four from Dolly Elderton. Pardon. So she has a whole chapter and it's called Nothing Will Change. And it's about when your best friend – like I said, she places such an emphasis on best friends. It's about what you do when your best friend gets a boyfriend and they tell you nothing will change. And that's not the case at all. And she is talking about how, from her personal experience, the love between you and your best friend remains. But the familiarity and the intensity and the like comfortable – how comfortable it is all shifts, which I honestly think this is also true – to a degree of when your friend moves away and then the whole format of it changes and how I had told you earlier you're not telling you're not living life with your best friend you are catching up with them and telling them about how your life is when you talk to them I mean like I said that's really sad and she also brought up the example of picture your mom with her her closest friends how she cleans the house before they come over it's like this whole formal thing she has to have makeup on like it's you know 
all of these Ugh. ways how it's just so much more serious and then you talk Stop about the kids and you talk about the husband <laughs> and you, you talk about x y and z and when you are 25 and you spend your every waking moment together or like talking it's just not obviously there's the familiarity you, you know their preferences and you know how they like their breakfast and you know what time they enjoy getting up and you know that their alarm is uh the bleachers and you know all the stuff about them <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's your alarm these days it's just the normal one. Okay, good. The bleachers is getting out of control every day at control. 6 a.m. Don't take the money. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Somebody told me. Yeah, every day. Um, but the whole nothing will change mentality. She's just like, it will change. It's not just because we're so wired to like go off and create lives with our significant others. Or what's the deal? Potentially. Um, I think that you just have to work really hard to not let it change drastically. Because she's saying this in reference to, like, her very first, very, very best friend, like, moving in with her boyfriend. But then as her other friends start to move in with their, with their boyfriend, she handles it a lot more healthily and they do all these fun things together still. So I think it depends on the person. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it depends on the relationship. Friendship, I mean. It's so true. It's so sad. Like, the way that you just described you're not living your life with your best friend. You're just, like, filling them in over coffee. Like, fuck. It's sad. Yeah. She has another chapter about turning 25 and she intros it by talking about how when she was in her early 20s, she had a friend who turned 30 and she went to the girl's 30th birthday party and on the walk home, the girl had a breakdown. She's like, this is all my life is, is ordering on Amazon and like hanging out in in this area of town. Like, this is it. This is all my life is going to amount to. And she never stopped thinking about that. And when she reached 25, she had the same breakdown, the whole existentialism. This is it. My life is vacuuming my, you know, the mundane stuff, vacuuming my floor, come going to the gym five days a week, going to the same job, drinking my same coffee every morning. That's it. And so she was like, let me shake things up. Let me try to move to New York City. Um, And then like some other stuff happens. But my point is everyone's going to have an existential breakdown. However, when she- I had one this week. Exactly. When she came down from the come down of this, she realized what a privilege it is to have these routine things. So she was like, what a privilege it is to like come back home and like my two roommates are like uh, laughing on the couch and like to call my mom and she answers like what a privilege it is to like have these mundane things in life. That's so true. It's kind of like about time, which if you haven't seen that movie, we will beat this horse dead. This is such a good movie, but it like teach it like reiterates the whole point that you need to appreciate all of the little things in life all of the mundane boring things because it is a privilege to have a routine and consistency like how how wonderful that your life's not so chaotic you know and now that it's gone I miss hearing the bleachers alarm clock do you (laughs) no not especially you still turn it on when we're on trips together (laughs) I gotta do it more (laughs) Yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta beat that horse a little harder um this one part or number six um is how oftentimes we have the ability to romanticize phases of our life when we're reflecting upon them. And it's kind of like how childbirth is like the worst thing in the entire world. But the second people have a baby, they're like, that was so wonderful. Let's have another. When she got to 30, she had had the most turbulent 20s. And when she got to 30, she was like, I miss my 20s. How could I possibly leave them? They were the best thing that had ever happened to me. Like I miss being lonely. I miss being confused lonely confused all at the same time she's like I miss all of it and I want it back so what I garnered from that is even the really lousy parts to appreciate in the moment because there have been lousy times in my life where looking back I do want I well I don't want them back necessarily but I do miss them or aspects of them do you think part of that too is because when I'm you a look forward 
Well, when we look, yeah, but when we look forward, it's all unknown. So it's like, sometimes it's hard to be excited for something because you don't really know exactly how things are going to turn out. So it's easy to romanticize what already's happened because you already know what happened. Mm, Probably. There's no unknown there. Like it happened. That's a good take. Hot one. Yeah. That's good. All my takes are hot. I feel like I should make that some bio or something. Oh, you should make that your TikTok bio. All my takes are hot. And then your entire page is doing hot takes. That's funny. That's niche. That's neat. I'm writing that down. Write that down on your little post-it right there. Write this down. Oh, she had an entire chapter. And this was really interesting to me because she had never had, by for all intents and purposes, she had never had anything horrific happen in her life that she told us about. But she started getting some overwhelming anxiety when she was like maybe 26 or 27. And her friend was like, you should try this therapist. And she unpacked what it was like to go to therapy from start to finish. And all the emotions of, like, opening yourself up to someone and not being too proud to, like, switch – like, she would sometimes in her mind try to frame a story a certain way when she went to therapy to make herself seem a little bit better and not so sorry or, uh, like, pathetic potentially. And she talked about all of the emotions of that. And I found it very interesting because you sometimes people think, like, oh, you have to have a specific reason to go to therapy and hers was just in general anxiety and just wanting to go. Those and, are my reasons. I would love and to I think this chapter is really good if that's someone like you because if I were to just go to therapy, I would probably behave in some of the ways she did where it was like, let me frame X, Y, and Z this way. Almost like you're meeting with a friend so you want to seem a little bit better. But I think that's what everyone does at the beginning so you don't know how you're yeah. supposed to open up to a therapist. But you're she like, talked you're about a stranger. The straight, the, unpacking ev- absolutely everything and how all the components of her life have made her the way she is now. And unpacking all that with a therapist. And I found it very interesting. And I think you would benefit from it as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a, like a deep emotional thinker that sometimes I literally have to say the things on my mind or else it's like a storm brewing in my head. Like I have to get them out. I have to talk to them. I have to talk to them about people. Like that's why I've never understood people who are just like naturally more private, like our friend Allie. She just is naturally more private, which is totally fine. It's just like so opposite of me that's hard for yeah. me to even like comprehend. And she also talks about the chemistry between her and her therapist and how other friends had gone, that had gone to therapy. Their therapists, some of them were of the mindset where it's like you are like the victim in your life and these things have happened to you. But her therapist was the opposite where she was like, these things have happened to you, but you are at fault for responding the way you did. And she thinks that tough love was a whole layer of growth. And That's yeah. interesting. I Taking responsibility for thine actions. <laughs> good (laughs) how dare someone (laughs) how dare someone make us um okay number eight this is short and simple but basically it takes a village to heal a broken heart and she was talking about when someone goes through something and their very best friends are kind of taking the brunt of hearing what's what's happening to them whether it's a breakup a death just anything extreme sometimes those people also need to offload to their other friends and sometimes it's a chain of you are at the center of something but your friends also can't always bear the brunt of everyone's emotions around them too. They also need to offload onto their other friends. Chain reaction, if you will. Chain reaction. And thank God we have friends to do that or else I'd go insane. We'd all spontaneously combust. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Number nine. This one is a no-brainer for some people like us but and Brooke Davis. Um, <laughs> but not all value is in romantic relationships. 
even if you're you've never been in love, look around and you have certainly been in love in other ways in your life. Um, whether it's with your friends or your family or your place or what you do or your passion, there are so many ways to fall in love. And this part that she talked about made me really nostalgic and might make you shed a tear when you read the book. She was talking about how love is in the routines of her roommates and the sounds of like her friends' voices on the phone and like their habits and their bleachers, alarm clock and the <laughs> and like laying in the couch on the couch having coffee together in the morning and how love was in like her already routine with her roommates who were her best friends. And they have been like the great love of her 20s in so many ways. And so, and also that the another great love relationship is one with yourself. So even if you are physically alone, if you live alone, even that you have reminders of the way you care for yourself, that someone loves you and it's you, or you have reminders all over your apartment of people and how they love you or the way your friend calls you. There's reminders constantly that you carry this love with you and you shouldn't just be dependent on a physical relationship with someone um, or romantic relationship. I'm carrying your love exactly. with me. George Strait, anyone? That is so stunning. And as you were talking, I was thinking of all these different ways that I relate to it because I feel like in high school, this was something that I struggled with. I thought like romantic love and like having a boyfriend in high school was like the most important and most fun thing in the whole world. And because of that, I feel like my platonic friendships with girls suffered in a way like I just I was that bitch that was like I have a boyfriend see you guys literally never I'm gonna spend every waking moment with this boy who I'm like so head over heels for and like throughout my journey in college I think I grew up a lot and like understood that that's really not the pinnacle of life's love it really is in like your friendships and your family relationships and like you need to invest in those too and I think that's so it's a hard pill to swallow when you're like 18 years old, then it's really eye opening once you do figure that out and you really lean into it. And I think in college with you all, that's really the first time that I personally found so much community and I hold on to it so nearly and dearly. It's all that keeps us going some days. <laughs> that's why it's so hard now. Like, of course, it's it's not hard to like make friends, but it's hard to make those like really deep deep connections because you don't the history is not there like even if you really vibe with someone yeah. no, the history is not there like it is with your college the friends and it never will be is that you don't it's hard to spend that much time with another adult from here on out unless yeah. you're living with them yeah um, that's true or if you're working them with them super super closely then maybe but like it's hard to like really spend that much uninterrupted time with someone on um, and this chapter honestly made me feel better if I ever am forced to live alone, God forbid, not with a roommate or with a, a husband or with family. I'm so scared of living alone. I could never, I always thought I couldn't. And she, I felt like, had a super similar personality to me in a few different ways. And when she finally had to live alone, she's like, I had never felt, like, basically more fulfilled. Like, there, here was a note from my best friend on the counter. Here was a gift from my other best friend as a housewarming. Like, here's a phone call to my mom. She's like, there were so many – there's so much evidence of people that loved me in my new apartment. She was like, Cute. that I felt not alone. And that made me feel really good. That does make you feel really good. And I still, like, I can't tell if I want to try and challenge myself in my 20s to try and live alone, like, for one year or something crazy. One year's a long time. Try, like, four months. I, 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 all Actually, I have to say is no where on no earth thyself. are you finding leases that are four months long? Go get an this Airbnb is the real for world. four months if you no. want to live alone to get it out of your system. I don't know. I don't even think I – even if I really tried, I don't think I could. Yeah, you go certainly not for a year. That sounds like a lot to take on. 
Well, that's just being realistic. Yeah. Like Airbnbs are expensive. Anyways, the point <laughs> is <laughs> I don't need to be scared of solitude. Yeah, that is something I'm scared of for sure. Um, well, we can't even have our thoughts alone. Have to have TikTok or a podcast on in the background. Yeah, I like can't even be or alone with my thoughts. It's like a scary place to be. I'm very okay being alone with my thoughts if I'm actively like like driving or out in the world or in the shower but i don't like the house to be silent if it's silent yeah silence is just like not my best friend sometimes in the car i actually will have silence because it's the only time the car is okay with me as well um 10 nostalgia and being nervous about your 30s and having a meltdown doesn't really make you special it happens to (laughs) it happens to quite literally everyone i thought that there was no one more nostalgic than me and her name is dolly elderton and some other she pulled some other quotes from like different famous people or different writers and just the nostalgia that they had and like uncertainty about life was so apparent and it made me feel better that everyone else feels this way too when she got to 30 she felt like it was just so pressing like that's it this chapter of my life is closed i got to flirt with being 30 but i never had to be 30 and now i am 30 and the 20s are completely closed out but the way that she kind of summed it up made me feel okay why do you think 30 is such an end-all be-all in all of our minds? Like 30 is like this because I huge feel as though, deal. First of all, it's a literal like bookend in terms of the number. That's why there's like more definition to it. Much like it's just I think the definition of the 10-year block. 30 to 40 is also a big deal. 40 to 50 is a big deal. Um, But 20s, the way she kind of described it was really good where you – when you're – 22 when you're 27 it's okay to make mistakes and be sloppy and get too drunk and like backtrack on the way you felt about this or screw up or start over and then when you hit 30 for some reason people don't think it's as okay (laughs) there's less there's less forgiveness there's less there's less leeway i think i don't think it should be that way but i think that's just like the way we perceive it it's like a new decade like full-on adult probably have your life together a little bit more than what they would expect a young 20 person to do yeah no one expects any there aren't like the most obscene expectations when you're 21 there with 31 is a whole different thing that's true and I think people have such expectations for themselves too and we think of it as such a timeline like by 30 I better be married with two kids but like yeah and that's what everyone thought when they were little too when you're 15 you assume by 27 you'll be married all I have to say is thank god people are having kids later and that's being normalized because imagine like the FOMO if everyone was still having kids like being married at like 25 and that was like so normal for us but I feel like our generation is very much prioritizing our freedom in our 20s and I kind of like it yeah no I'm here for it because it doesn't make me feel like abnormal it makes me feel like no I'm part of this like we're all we're looking around and we're seeing that there are times and places for families and children and that's all great and everything but let's just take our time for ourselves while we have it take a deep breath let's Um, just take a chill pill so (laughs) in conclusion I would recommend this to just about anyone, and now is the time to read it. Like I said, might read it again when I turn 25. And throw the title at them again. And she also had, throughout most ages, a list of like 27 things I know by the time I'm 27, to be true. Oh, that's good. But they were like relative to the age she was, so it was kind of neat to see the way her mind changed and matured the older she got. 
And what's the title of the book again? Because I'm sure people have forgotten. Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton, not Parton. Not Dolly Parton, not Dolly Rebecca Parton. Let's make that very clear. And it's also, like I said, a mini series right now on TV, and I'm so excited to watch it. It's about, I think, four best friends in London. And what was really sweet is she references the same five people again and again and again. And I went on her Instagram and she posts with them all the time. They still hang out constantly, which I found comforting. In fact, one of them is named India. (laughs) Oh, how special. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like I've learned a lot about life and love, so thank you so much for that. Ashley. I feel like I just teach. presented in class. Thanks, Teach. So what have you been re- – thanks, Teach. <laughs> Let's start calling Allie that. Hey, Teach. Teach. <laughs> hey, Teach. We could call Emery. Hey, Doc. Uh, <laughs> hey, Doc. Hey, Teach. Um, what have you been reading and learning and loving? I read Lessons in Chemistry recently, and that was a really cutesy, fun book. You should listen to the Redheads episode now. I did. Oh. Immediately after I did. And that was my very first Redheads episode I've ever listened to. If you have have no idea what we're talking about, we are talking about the Redheads podcast because we as podcasters support other podcaster girlies. We as readers support other readers. And we support women. So oh, trifecta and their friends, best friends. We support best friends. Yes. So it's like a book club podcast where they read one book a month. And so you can like go back to like old episodes. And if you've read the book or want to read one of the they books. read They've read Layla. You should go back and listen to that one. Yeah, I got kind of hooked on it after I read the Lessons in Chemistry episode. It was so fun to like hear their takes on it. And then I went and listened to a few more episodes too of like other books I had yeah. read that they covered. So I'm going to keep keep going on that train. What do you rate Lessons in Chemistry? I would rate it a 3.8 out of 5. Oh, strict. Yeah. Because I very much enjoyed it, but it wasn't like my favorite. Like I'm not going to remember it three weeks from now you know what I mean yeah yeah um but then I read no exit and I read that in like a day and a half and let me tell you I was hooked that is one of my top like three favorite thrillers I've ever read because I think it reads as fast-paced as a movie mm-hmm. it does read like it a movie feels like I was a movie. <laughs> movie scenes the whole time I liked I, what I learned is I also watched the movie no exit on Hulu after reading the book And something I like about books so much is that you can get really into the character's mind, like all of their thoughts. And that's where the character development happens. It doesn't have to to Mm -hmm. happen all in the dialogue because you can know what they're thinking. But when you watch the movie, it's so much less suspenseful because you don't get everyone's perspective. You just get the perspective of a viewer on the outside in watching all this happen. But you don't get to go into the minds of each of the characters, which is not as fun. And watching so the movie pick up a book, gives, kids. You won't watching, regret it. Watching the movie kind of gives away, I feel like, some of the – what's going to happen. The mm-hmm. book, you're just in the dark. Yeah, the book, it's like twists and turns left and right. You're like, what the hell is happening? And also the book, there's so much more detail that they can put in because it can take long – it takes longer to get through the story. And I feel like the movie, you have like an hour and 40 minutes, so it feels kind of rushed. Yeah. I'm looking up on my Goodreads, unsponsored, but begging everyone to download it. Um, oh, I read The I Vanish- wish it was sponsored. I wish. I am, I read The Vanishing Half. I see it all over TikTok. I did not care for it at all, quite frankly. 3.5 stars. I just thought- I like was- how we're so- like generous with our ratings we're like i hated it 3.5 stars <laughs> because i can recognize that the writing itself wasn't bad but i didn't like how i guess abstract it was and it was kind of a little all over the place with the different characters just not for you not for me the most fun we ever had family drama 
honestly five stars but i'm a sucker for a family drama you are <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, i haven't read too much now i'm reading it starts with us by of course colleen hoover is it any good yes but after reading some heavy hitters and some more thrillers going back to colleen hoover feels like taking a little picnic in the park which Mm. is totally fine because sometimes as a reader you can get burnt out if you're reading like too much of the same kind of book or just like too difficult of a book and it's hard to get through sometimes you just need a light easy read and I haven't read a Colleen Hoover book in a really long time so it's kind of nice and I recognize the characters because obviously it's the sequel to it ends with us um so that's nice to be reminded of the people and the story and all that so I think I'll probably blow through it um and then be on to my next thriller which is what I'm really passionate about right now (laughs) Had you um, read Love in Other Words? I bought it, but I haven't opened it. I have. Didn't you really like it? Yes. I think it's kind of like every summer after sort of trope, and you're going to like it a lot more. At least I did, in my opinion. I think you will. Fabulous. Isn't that wonderful how you've grown and matured so much? Now you love Taylor Swift and reading. I'm just like you, just like dad. <laughs> just like just your old grow man. up and be big and strong like you. Uh-huh. Um, well, those that's a ton of recommendations for you, and we'll spare you the movies and TV shows for next time. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you want to follow along, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at justgowithit.podcast. And seriously, tell your friends if you like this podcast. We're trying to grow it. We're trying to grow a community of people in your 20s and nothing makes us happier than we get feedback on Instagram. So if you ever DM us that you like us, we literally just like pass out and die from like so much Yeah, we send joy, it so to each you. other. We send it to each other and we keep the screenshots. Um, and don't I be- think it's so cool that literally even like five people listen to this podcast <laughs> and it just keeps growing and growing and it makes me so excited. So if you love it, if you love us, share it with your friends. Let them know. And don't be shy to leave a five, four or five star review on how beautiful, stunning and smart we are. We'll take both. Are you joking? Fives only. If you're leaving a four-star review, like, don't even try. Don't even waste your time. (laughs) We leave four-star reviews on books all the time. That's true. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go tear it up. Love you guys.